0: And holidays,
1: we're good, nice and quiet and low key. Uh, Christmas we, when we moved up here, you know we lived in the city for twelve years. We had Zoe there for the first, the last three years that we were in Queens. But even you know the whole time we were in New York post college, Eric and I were always the ones that traveled for the holidays. We usually went to her in laws and then my parents' places and. That was fine because, you know, the the reasoning, I think the logic was we were in a tiny apartment. It'd be really hard to get family to to come to us and be able to stay. And it's a bit cramped. So we were always the ones that traveled. the last few years, we were in, in New York. We finally got a little fake tree for our apartment, though, just so that during that time of year, it felt a little more festive. But once we moved up here, we said, okay, we have a house now and we have a kid and we want Christmas to be special. So... Christmas morning, Christmas, at least Christmas morning will be at home and, and not others could be there if they wanted to, but we, we were not going to travel anymore, at least until she's older and we've stuck with it. We, and we had family in some years past be there for it. And this year was a year where it was just the three of us. And it was great. Uh, New Year's Eve, we went across the street for a bit and played some games and had some food and drinks and got back home by like 11 or so, got Zoe to bed. Stayed up to watch the ball drop and then turned in for the night. Yeah, And that was it. Was that at the Macris? Yeah. What games? Uh, Shiri got a, a copy of, uh, I think it's called Telestrations After Dark. Uh-huh. And it's not as uh, blue as like uh, Cards Against Humanity gets, but it's a little more risque in terms of the words that are presented. And the idea is that you're just adults play it, no kids. Mm-hmm.
0: And where were the kids while well, the adults they were, were playing. in
1: like the other room, just okay. watching TV or something, <laughs> unattended, <laughs> completely <other> unattended? <laughs> no, I think no. Lily wasn't home. Robbie wasn't home. But Ethan was there. Calvin was there. So they had like the olders looking after. It was it was yeah. it was Zoe and Naomi and Calvin and Ethan were there. So
0: yeah. Uh, well, we had a quiet holiday season. Um, the the. It generally went according to plan. The most uh, exciting part of it was pre-Christmas when we had that snowstorm. And then the lights went out for a lot of people. And we were without lights for three and a half days. (laughs) Um, And this was, I can't remember the exact days, but maybe like the, oh, I do remember because uh, my son, Ryder, had a birthday on the 18th. And uh, we were without lights, and um, he was having a party and having kids over to spend the night. <laughs>
1: the, the night that the power
0: went out? Uh, I can't remember if it was that. No, the power went out maybe the the day before. Uh, and oh. we were still out on his birthday, but we went ahead for, with the party. Uh, but it was a few, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-old boys. And so they were absolutely fine with it they nice. could, they couldn't imagine anything more exciting yeah <laughs> and so we got like little headlight headbands yep. for them to wear and they went out and had snowball fights after dark and um then we came in and we do have a wood stove and so um uh we were able to have heat and uh and it just it turned out to be great you know awesome. uh, we had candles all over and um I learned how to cook eggs and make coffee on top of the Um, wood stove. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so it turned out to be really sweet. Uh, The most frustrating thing about it was that it was right at Christmas. And so we had our tree and we had all of the Christmas lights up, but none of them were working for three days during the Christmas season. And so when the power did finally come back on, we said that we were going to have... the lights on day and night <laughs>
1: you got to make a uh,
0: it. right <laughs> uh, which we did and then we just sort of kept going so we generally take our tree down on um New Year's Day but okay. we still have the tree going in the house we took all the ornaments off so uh my son Ryder now calls it a winter tree as opposed to a Christmas tree but we still have the lights on and I still have the Christmas village up nice and uh but Heather, my wife, is telling me that you know it's probably time to take it down because now it's becoming a fire hazard. <laughs> Especially because we're still burning the wood stove, uh-huh. which is not very far away. Uh-huh. So we may be taking it down tomorrow. But I'll, I'll keep you
1: updated. On well, that. we disconnected the phone, so if we see fire, yeah. yeah, right? By, well, no, maybe they they toward my house. Give her or. a call. I, that's, I'm. I'm so happy to hear that you had a bunch of kids. I mean, how, how, what's the age range? Is it like, you're talking like 12 to Well, no, he,
0: my son just turned, uh, Ryder just turned 11. 11, And okay. so it was like 9, 10, 11-year-olds.
1: To have 9, 10, or 11-year-olds not only survive, but thrive without electricity? Oh, yeah. It's great to hear.
0: As I said, they couldn't have been more excited yeah. to be in the dark. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah,
1: that's amazing. Um,
0: so anyway, that was the that was the most interesting thing that happened over the holidays. But it was uh, turned out to be sort of sweet. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. The tree thing. We got to take ours down. Ours is still up. Well, how long do you generally leave it up for? Uh, we don't. We never set up like a specific time of year that we would take it down. Okay. It's kind of been, it, like most things in our lives these days, it's been a, when we get to it, taking all the ornaments off, yeah, that's usually the big thing, because we have a lot of ornaments. So you
0: could be deep
1: into January. and We have. I mean, we're, and we're getting there now. Today's the 11th. And,
0: and as I drive around, I kind of get the feeling that that's not unusual for folks to go deep into January. I yeah. think maybe we take hours down earlier than a lot of folks when we take it down on the years a day
1: yeah so. it does seem like a mix of of people that do and don't. I know for us we leave the I'm probably due to turn off the colored lights that are around the house those I can turn off probably now but we usually leave the lights on the big um, spruce late later yeah. into the the year I think last year we kind of lost track we had one away I don't know if we went on vacation or something in January and then we got back and it's like, okay, it's getting to be the end of January into February. We did switch to a, an artificial tree. As much as I... Is this your first time with an artificial tree? So Erica's mom is allergic to the sap in a real tree. So she grew up with artificial trees. Okay. Uh, I grew up with real trees. And then when we, we, like I said, in New York, we didn't have a real tree ever. We just had a little fake one for a few years. When we got up here, our first couple of Christmases, we got a real tree. But again, because life is hectic, it, it was like fairly late in December when we would get around to getting the tree, which for some people is okay. I think for for some people, they don't put their tree up and decorate it till Christmas Eve. Other people do it the day after Thanksgiving. It, it seems like there's various traditions.
0: That's when we do it the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um but just the up and down, getting it, getting it to the house, setting it up, watering it, orienting it. I was like, you know, there's a part of me that feels like it would be worth. Oh, and saving the time on putting the lights up. Like I, you, I could be talked into a, a good fake tree, not, not something sort of cheap. Like, let's invest in something that looks pretty legit and it's pre-lit. So all we have to do is do the ornaments. So we did that for last Christmas. Um, we got one. And it's, it's pretty awesome because it comes with like a bag with its own stand that you put it in and you don't even have to take it apart. So we literally just pulled this like big duffel down over it mm-hmm. and cinch it. And it, when you transfer the tree out of the stand that you've got it on display in into this bag, the bottom of the bag is a stand with wheels. So, all I have to do is just roll it through the house and I go and I put it away Rolling in the barn. It the yeah. House. And I, I took it away and it's just this big red like, tube um, and it's done. And then next yeah. Christmas, we just, so we fortunately, you know, we got it out at a reasonable time this year because it's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to
0: do anything. Are you ever during the Christmas season, once you've got the tree up, Yeah. the fake tree? Yeah. Um, Can are you are you, you
1: judging me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not judging you. I'm just <laughs> uh, got the slide against be, the heart. I might be judging you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Is there ever a, a night when you're sitting there on the couch with your family, watching Frosty the Snowman, mm-hmm. and looking over at the tree and thinking?
1: Mm, it's soulless. It's,
0: it's, it's not real.
1: <laughs> it's well, Erica and I and Zoe or some combination of the two or three, once the tree is up, do go and just sit and hang out in there. It's nice, you know, with the lights. And we've even got like the little fake like Christmas tree scent. Yeah. Thing,
0: more more you know? fake stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. But it, make, it tricks you in the thing and it's the real
1: thing. <laughs> um,
0: my my sister has had a, 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 a artificial tree for years and she swears by it. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm not judging you, Jerry.
1: <laughs> I mean, we douse it in baby's blood. Yeah, like that. That, that makes it okay, right? That makes it, that makes yeah. it real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we praise to a spirit during the holidays. It may not be the same one you do, but um, yeah. Okay,
0: maybe we should
1: uh, talk about the name of the
0: podcast. Yeah. This is The Nightmare podcast that's n-i-g-h-t-m-a-i-l
1: not m-a-l-e no not although we are the nightmares we are the night males.
0: yeah we are males and it is night Uh but no not that um and we do have call letters even though we're not a radio station about
1: that yeah
0: and the call letters are w-l-l-e right and uh Maybe we'll have a little ditty to go along with that. Those call letters, like they do on real radio stations, yeah. at some point. Um, maybe you know some musicians that might be able to come up with something.
1: I didn't um. put that on the agenda for for tonight, but maybe after you intro what this thing is that we're doing, I'll take ten seconds to talk about what people heard at the top of the show.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so night mail is the name given to a New England through train that rattles across the darkness with its sleeping cars, mail express, a smoker and a coach with a few dozing lumberjacks and college boys traveling cheap with perhaps a milk car or two on the head end Uh, doesn't that sound great it
1: sounds amazing (laughs) I mean if it's cheap (laughs) and easy I probably would have done it in college too
0: uh, that definition is from the book Yankee Dictionary, a compendium of useful and entertaining expressions indigenous to New England. Okay. That was a mouthful. By Charles F. Haywood, published in 1963. So, welcome to the Night Mail podcast. This yeah. is our first episode. First episode. Um, we do have an email address.
1: Yes, we do. The, uh. yeah you go ahead uh it is nightmailpod at gmail.com n-i-g-h-t-m-a-i-l-p-o-d at gmail.com uh we'll probably bring that up a few more times in this episode because we want whoever's out there listening to this to send us your thoughts feelings ideas uh yeah there's a few other things we'll touch on later that you know we'll we'll receive emails for uh, I wanted to ask you, Tony, with the those those trains, do they does the that concept carry over in anything that still functions today, or is that a, a, a from a bygone era? Well, that
0: description was certainly from a bygone sure. era. Yeah, um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'll look into that. So that
1: was from the 60s? '60s.
0: It was published in 1963. 63. The book that that definition okay. came from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, so I'll make a note, and um, I'll, I'll get back to you on that, okay. uh, maybe on the next uh, episode. Cool, cool, cool. A little more information about the name.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we did want to mention a couple of things, because uh, Jerry and I both play um, various roles here <laughs> in town. Yes. Um, so I wanted to include a note here about my role as the local librarian. Uh, position I've held since 2001. Uh, There's a saying in library land, unless you have at least one book on the shelves that will offend whoever walks in the door, including your trustees and yourself, you're not doing your job right. Uh, I'm a firm believer in viewpoint diversity and have purchased numerous books over the years that contain ideas I disagree with. And I mention this because although I will be candid in my opinions on various topics, During episodes of the Nightmail podcast, as the town librarian, I remain committed to serving all members of the community equally, regardless of any differences we may have about a particular issue. And I hope the podcast, too, will be a forum where differences of opinion are encouraged and are explored passionately, but productively.
1: Yeah, I disagree entirely terrific so, I, I, mission accomplished <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i uh I also put together a little bit of a note here uh we didn't did we introduce ourselves we didn't actually say our names did we
0: no we didn't well, do that didn't at all i think i called name. you jerry once yeah but. and i
1: i don't know if i've said tony so
0: i'm f- tony Picraminos,
1: and i'm jerry marlena uh some of you may... should I
0: read what I wrote
1: all over again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Otherwise, now, it's not. Now true. that they know who yeah, I am, it's invalid if there's no, if it's not in the context of your name. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Jerry Marletta. Some of you may know me as Gennaro uh, as well, or some combination of Gennaro and Gennaro Marletta and the third. Uh, but don't be fooled by imitations. Trust the original. Uh, I hold a variety of titles and positions uh, with the Reading Recreation Commission. Uh, in monkey pudding face in wake up saying nothing with union square consulting and with resonator consulting. Uh, And I just wanted to say that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not representative of those organizations. Uh, Some of the things you may hear or see within this podcast, if you have that kind of super sense for a strictly audio only medium will be hot takes. Uh, Other things will manage to offend almost 0% of our audience. The goal here is to just have fun with it uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I think what you're going to do, Tony.
0: So. Yeah. So you're going to have to explain at least one of those, uh,
1: uh,
0: organizations, quote unquote, let's start with monkey pudding face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: all right, man, this is, this is feeling like the Jerry Show tonight, but, uh, in order to explain, Monkey Pudding face, okay. I have to explain, wake up saying nothing, which I have to oh, go.
0: Okay. It's all, it's, it's all linked
1: all connected. I yeah. gotta go back even further. So, um, I'll probably bring him up uh, again at some point in time during this podcast. Uh, Work-study job at college. Uh, I met Kyle Marshall. Um, we went to Berkeley College Music. So just at the stage, we're all musicians. Uh, and he had a band. They needed a new bass player and a new drummer. He had caught wind that I played bass. We didn't know each other. Uh, the band that he was in was called Research Has Shown. I joined uh, this other guy, uh, Keith. Joined as a drummer, uh, and so the band was a four piece. It was me and Keith, bass and drums. It was Kyle on guitar and vocals, and another person, uh, Lindsay, on guitar, vocals, and okay. keyboards. Um, that band existed through us basically all graduating and, and sort of moving our separate ways post college. New York, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, and and Lindsay stayed in in Boston. Um, it got harder because we mostly were doing shows in New York. Lindsay left the band. So it was just the three of us. So we renamed it and said it was this band is called Wake Up Saying Nothing. Then we all got older again and moved sort of further away from each other, had kids. uh, And it just became really difficult for the three of us to really do much productive as that band. And Kyle and I happened to both live in Queens, two blocks from each other. So we said, okay, since this thing, the three of us is kind of not happening anymore. Let's start our own thing. Just the two of us with a computer and lots of like programmed stuff and backing tracks. And so that's uh, monkey putting face and technically both bands are still active. We've never okay. retired. Wake up saying nothing. We, we released, um, an EP that we had recorded drums for like 12 years ago. Uh, and we're just sitting on those drum recordings and Kyle and I made a point of recording bass guitar and vocals and mixing it and getting it out there. This was a year ago or so. Uh um, So yeah, so that band is, you know, sort of still functions artistically. Monkey Pudding Face, same. So yeah, that's... And what
0: kind of music? How would you characterize
1: the music that you play? Wake Up Saying Nothing, because it's a a live drummer, is a bit harder, a bit more aggressive. It's kind of like a proggy rock, indie rock kind of combination of things. Uh, Monkey Pudding Face is a little more laid back. Uh, I would say it's sort of an attempt to explore... The a more of a pop sensibility, but not pop music by any stretch. Uh, but it's just a different way of thinking about writing, uh, both lyrically and and sort of compositionally. But even in, from an arrangement perspective, because it's just two of us, uh, so it changes things up a little bit. There's a little more room to have things that you wouldn't normally have in a trio. Uh, it's yeah, I don't know. It, people have asked us over the years with all these bands what it sounds like and we always all struggle and instead we like to just tell people like you know you can here's a list of bands we like these are all the these are all the ingredients that go into the crock pot um that has brewed around in our brains over the last whatever 30 years it's resulted in what's coming out of us you know yeah i can never say oh we sound like this band because our goal has always been to not sound like any one particular band but just kind of whatever we come up with and dabble in ideas and feelings from these other songs and bands that we like. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, all their stuff is on YouTube and Spotify and Apple music. So if you're interested, you can go take a look.
0: Yeah, a I, d- I definitely will give yeah. a listen. Yeah.
1: And then the other two are jobs. So resonator consulting was a, a, a sort of Salesforce consulting company. I started on my own a couple of years back. Uh, and then I recently sort of partnered up, with another consulting firm that I had been contracting through Union Square Consulting. And that's kind of like my
0: main game. You know? When you talk about consulting, what are you consulting about? We mostly
1: engage with uh, B2B companies. So businesses who sell products or services to other companies Okay, uh, that are very small, usually startup or early stage. So you're talking anywhere from probably two to 50 or so employees. Um, primarily focused around helping their marketing Sales and customer success teams function better uh, using technology. So we're not not consulting on how to sell. We're not talking to a salesperson from one of our customers and saying like, oh, if you want to close that deal, uh, you should try saying this, that, or the other thing. Instead, we're doing things like talking to the sales manager and the sales manager says, I have no idea what's in the pipeline. I have no idea what kind of business we're going to close this month or this quarter or this year. Or I have a report that tells me some of this stuff, but it feels inaccurate. And so we'll dive in and say, okay, let's try to figure out why. Is it because your team doesn't understand what your business's sales process is? Do they not understand how to translate going through that process to the tools that allow you to have the, that insight into what you're planning on selling this month or quarter? Or is it just that the tools that you have suck and don't work very well or, you know, sort of implemented poorly or there's, you know, the team needs to be trained uh, or a combination of all three of those things. And so that's where we kind of come in and, and engage with them as kind of a fractional team, not, you know, you could always hire somebody full time to do this. Or I'll tell you, you know, it, it's more expensive to do that, to get one person with the combined amount of experience that our team has. Uh You know you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year versus engaging with us and sort of getting as much as you can from us you know over the course of a year or two uh and you're just getting value instead of us sitting around you know hiring somebody who's got nothing to do for two out of five days a week
0: i'm I'm sure that's a valuable service for those small startups yeah. and uh i'm I can imagine that they're really grateful to have some guidance uh
1: yeah. Yeah, and I it's, mean,
0: it's paid,
1: right? Oh, it's very much paid. <laughs> not doing uh, it out of yeah. the goodness
0: of your heart. No, but, God, no. I mean, I
1: I worked a regular but full-time nonetheless, job. Yeah, nonetheless, I'm
0: sure they're grateful.
1: Yes. I mean, the, the, that element of it is nice. You know, getting paid is the nicer <laughs> right. part. Right? Okay. You so. know, compliments don't pay the bills, right? <laughs> it's like the, there's a joke online with, like, uh, struggling musicians of, like, Yeah. How many exposure dollars are you paying me? (laughs) Because those exposure dollars don't pay my bills either. Like I need to get paid. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So for, um, if, if there are any folks out there who are interested in that type of service, what's the name of the consulting firm?
1: Yeah. Union Square Consulting would be Mm -hmm. the, the, the place to go. Yeah. Place to look. Yeah. My, my business partner, our CEO, Eddie Reynolds is all over social media and stuff too. So. I'm more, I'm more the like behind the scenes technical guy. He's the, he's the face and the selling and marketing side of it. Yeah. He he could ramble on and explain it much more clearly than I could, yeah. but yeah. So. You want to get into some local history? Yeah. Um, was that all? Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. The music at the top of the episode mm-hmm. is something I threw together. I did it. Uh, I'm proud of it. I like it. I think Tony likes it. It may not be what we use forever. We may get other guest artists and stuff to do, themes, but yeah. Well. (coughs) It's nepotism.
0: My question is, was this a monkey face production or a wake up screaming production or whatever the
1: other (laughs) band was? No, it it was neither. This would, uh, I don't really have a. A A good
0: name for a band, by the way, Wake Up Screaming. Wake Up Screaming? Yeah.
1: Yeah uh you I can have that one i think we actually i think that's how we got to wake up saying nothing by okay. the way was we went from the idea of like waking up startled and saying something like well what if what is it about waking up and not saying anything that's intriguing uh but no i don't have a, a solo artist name uh i was i guess we're going to credit this to just whatever my real legal name for now
0: okay. I, don't, I haven't
1: put a lot out on my own really uh so, no, you know, Kyle had no involvement. Therefore, it's not a monkey-putting face.
0: Do I get a producer credit on this? Sure. Uh, for any uh, input that I might
1: have. <laughs> yeah, and royalties we may get. No, I don't think anybody's buying a 30-second <laughs> okay. song. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Take us to... uh are we doing local events or are we doing local history? Oh, well, let's do local events. All and right. then we'll
0: do local history after that.
1: All right. So, I've got our... Uh, Our town's uh, local paper, the Reading Informer, in front of me, because as much as I try to keep my finger on the pulse, there's definitely some things I'm not aware of. I'm not going to talk about our town committee meetings uh, because that's all publicly available, but I do want to highlight a couple of things on here that I think are worth mentioning. And I guess this is only relevant depending on when we actually put this episode out. Some of these things may have passed, uh, but on January 17th is a, a blood drive at Mammoth which I'm a big fan of. I've been donating blood pretty regularly since I turned 18. Uh, there is a bingo event happening uh, at Town Hall on Saturday, January 21st, uh, which is exciting. I've, I've done a bit of bingo, uh, and I know it, it tends to be viewed as an activity that aligns more with the older generations, but... I mean, I, I get a kick out of it.
0: Do you have a strategy, a bingo strategy? Is there strategy? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, just pay attention. I think that's about it. Uh, dab right with your dabber? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to see if anybody's ever tried to like sell a book on bingo strategy. or like How to course. win a bingo. Yeah, show up.
0: What else do we have going on this well, uh, month? Yeah, so, so
1: bingo, January 21st, 6 p.m. Games will start at 6.30 p.m. The cost is uh, 10 games for $20, and you can play up to three cards per game. Cash prize for each game. Uh, it's part. It's through the Reading Historical Society. They're doing it to celebrate their 70th anniversary and to raise money for building projects. There will be cake and beverages free of charge. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the Reading Recreation Commission is going to be sponsoring a contra dance and potluck dinner on February 4th. Uh, that's uh, Saturday, I believe, Saturday, February 4th. Uh, potluck dinner from 6 to 7. Again, the idea of a potluck is if you're coming to eat at the potluck that you should be bringing something as well to it. Uh, and the the dance itself will start at seven and run till about nine PM or so uh, in Robinson Hall, at town hall, the, the upstairs space there. Uh, there's a poster that I put together. I'll have on; it'll be on from Porch Forum and Facebook. We'll have it in the Informer as well. I'm not going to get in, into a lot of other details. There's not much else to share. Uh, there's a cost; it's it's fairly low. I think we're doing ten dollars an adult, twenty for a family however large the family is and, and under 18s are free. Uh, so yeah, I think that'll be fun. I had no idea what a contra dance was until about two months ago, but some of the, the members of the committee had interest in it. I I'm open to the idea of it. And we put some feelers out and found some folks that put these things together There apparently there's a caller, somebody who provides instructions on uh, like over the course of the event. And there's the musicians that are performing, which I, obviously I'm all for live music and any, Environment, so I'm excited to participate in this. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the library usually does a what's called a make-a-plate uh, event uh, in the fall, uh, and this is a um, an event where it, primarily kids, but some adults uh, also participate. They come in and they draw patterns on a sheet of paper that I then send out and they're turned into plates, uh, plastic plates that you can use, you know, for kids' lunches or on picnics or whatever. And uh, a lot of times they have a holiday theme because we do them in the fall and they're usually back by Christmas. I didn't get to do it this fall because I got COVID um, during the time that I was going to do that. So I'm going to do it here early in the new year. Um, perhaps in um, February um, or March. But um, I will publicize that through all the local sources. But that's something that's coming up for the library. Yeah,
1: I think Zoe's done that in years past.
0: Yeah, people seem to enjoy that. And actually, I remember uh, when I was in elementary school, I was born in 1965, so I started at... um, kindergarten in 1970 and I want to say I was in maybe 3rd grade and we actually did this very thing right. uh back in the early 70s and um I remember the one I did that I kept for a long time was uh it was a pilgrim <laughs> with a Pilgrim hat, and I except that the uh, brim of the hat on one side was much longer than on the other side. So I <laughs> had it uh, has
1: three corners. Yeah, one of those corners I sticks got, out really I far.
0: I, I got confused as to whether I was doing a three corner or a. I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, I think there was a big turkey in there and yeah. maybe some straw. Anyway, that plate is long gone, but I miss it. And I think about it, uh, not daily, but often. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Well, though? I wish I had that plate. Yeah. So. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I'll remind and Zoe I, to take care of her plates. And
0: I wish I had done better on the hat. But, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about that daily. So, <laughs> and, You know, I'm going to haunt you now. I'm going to, make a crazy looking hat and just sneak it into the <laughs> okay. library. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, so that's what's going on, or need, or that's what went on. Do you need volunteers or any help with that event?
1: Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, <laughs> who should people contact? If uh, they, they, they can want to
0: contact help? Monkey Pudding Face. <laughs> 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 they can contact. I was gonna wonder what the Tony is at the library. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about some local history. Um, I want to read this. Uh, I want to read this little uh, bl- blurb or paragraph from um, the New York Evening Post that we will eventually end up in reading. But this is from 1833. Um, it says the 1833 meteor. Is that how you pronounce it? Meteor. Meteor or meteor? Are
1: you talking about the yeah, up astrological in the sky thing. body or whatever?
0: No, meteor, no, right? Yeah, meteor. Meteor.
1: Yeah.
0: Meteor storm. Yeah. It doesn't sound right. As reported by the New York Evening Post. Okay. Wednesday, November 13th, 1833. This morning, about three or four o'clock, a most remarkable meteoric phenomenon was witnessed by hundreds of people coming from the country to market and by others whose avocations led them abroad at that early hour. Some two or three hours after midnight, small shooting stars began to be observed in the sky, which gradually increased in number and magnitude until the whole firmament appeared in motion with them as if the planets and constellations were falling from their places." They were of various sizes, from the magnitude of Venus to that of the smallest perceptible fixed star. A person who witnessed this phenomenon describes the appearance presented by the heavens as magnificent beyond conception. The general direction of these meteors was westerly, and their tracks as they descended towards the earth were nearly parallel, so that it appeared as if the cope of heaven was raining down a shower of fire, which was driven in an oblique course by the wind. The appearance of the largest of these meteors was attended with a visible illumination of the atmosphere, like that caused by a faint flash of lightning. Sometimes the observer, on turning in the direction from which the light appeared to come, saw only a luminous trail, like that left by a skyrocket the meteor having already been extinguished. None of them seemed to reach the Earth in their descent, but ceased to be luminous about 15 or 20 degrees from the horizon, like torches dropped into an atmosphere too thick and impure to support combustion. The phenomenon continued for more than an hour, after which the meteors gradually decreased in frequency and size and finally disappeared altogether." So there is a song that you may be aware of called "Stars Fell on Alabama," which is a very famous song. It's like an American songbook standard. Uh, Frank Sinatra's done a version of it that's wonderful. Uh, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby, a bunch of folks, John Coltrane, um, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> um, so this song is referencing this night. Back in 1833, because this thing was not only in the Northeast, it was seen all over yeah. the country. And it was part of the, I guess, called the Leonids yep. Uh, yep. meteor uh, uh, showers that happened in November. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in 1833, this thing was out of control yeah, yeah, and magnificent and a little bit frightening. Um. <clears throat> so I wanted to read that and talk about that as some introductory material to the um, Reading history uh, item that I'm going to talk about. Um, there was a fellow named Aiden Estabrook who was born in Reading in 1828, mm-hmm. um, and he lived in what was known as the Chase District. Which I'm not quite sure about, but if you look at a map of Reading, there is something called Chase Four Corners Trail, which may be the general area. It does say that he was in the northwest portion of the town, and that's where Chase Four Corners Trail is. And that Chase Four Corners Trail is up above Brown Schoolhouse Road, Mm -hmm. Kittredge Pasture, sort of up in that area um a little bit uh, west of Stone Chimney Road so okay. so up in that area um Aiden esterbrook I don't know when he died but he was around in 1905 uh because he wrote um this thing called Reminiscences of Reading, Vermont um and he wrote it in in 1905 and I wanted to just read an excerpt from that Reminiscence. Um, A redo in the air is now in order. What a scene. The town is like a chessboard. Here a farm, there woodland. We will start with Thomas Townsend, whom we find preparing for his numerous posterity. We see Burnham tending hotel. Levi Bailey is making brick in the gulf. Dr. Marcy getting his tinderbox ready to burn the church. Parker Shedd is in his tannery. S.C. Loveland walking to Montpelier 60 miles to preach. Farwell and Gilson with their New England room. Tim Collins in hotel. Levi Fay in shoe shop. Moody as blacksmith, Brigham in mill on Sunday, Pearson Weston on road to William Townsend's, shaving at the brook rather than by a looking glass. Jonathan Shed is in his hut, ready to build the new one now owned by Bryant. Joseph Morse with his drove of cattle, Asa Sherwin scolding the schoolboys for breaking windows. Levi, Newton, nearly blind, telling his boys how to farm. Sherwins and pages laying stone wall. Deacon Pratt making rope. Hammond giving law. Swain feeding hogs. Brown at his sawmill. We cannot leave this old place without just speaking of a visit made in 1905 with an old friend who once lived on the Sherwin place north of me. We met after a separation of 40 years and looked in vain for our homes. Nothing could tell us of early scenes but the hills and vales and these covered with wood. Yet we saw many of our old playgrounds. The spot where stood the goose pen that blew over with two boys in it, looking out of two holes in the coop, asking one outside to turn over the coop so the door would be on top and they might get out. (laughs) The old favorite apple tree stands there yet, though a hundred years old. The graves of our ancestors were once more visited. But with all this sadness caused by the changes of time, there was a, Scene of beauty. The old cellars, they were completely banked with cinnamon rose bushes and blossom, seeming to say, we still cherish your old homes. The places where your parents gave you birth. In November 1833, a meteor burst high above us. Yellow particles, like snowflakes, covered the ground. The noise was of heavy thunder, and the wind, a cyclone, tearing up trees and shaking buildings like an earthquake. This was for several minutes of the night. I asked Father, has the end of the world come no my boy we are still safe viola is here in bed and are george and simon safe too yes and your old cat is the pony safe yep go to sleep aiden
1: Interesting. So it sounds like when it went overhead here that there was something was falling from the from the sky to the ground. Yeah. At least according to that.
0: Yeah, or at least it appeared so yeah. anyway. But well, you can imagine so he would have been he was born in 1828 and that was 1833, five,
1: five, years, four, five old. years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that would blow my mind as an adult then. Even now, in this era, but to be five and to experience that would be, yeah, just unlike anything else you've ever seen. Yeah. That oh, was interesting. I like that they slip in there, the burning of churches. Just, yeah. Yeah, just everyday thing. I'm assuming they're referring, it's probably a manner of speaking referring to lighting a fire at the church.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure because... It sounds as if, to me, that he was about to commit an act of arson, yeah. although I don't have confirmation on that. No. But
1: or, or rather than tear down an old church when they were going to rebuild another, it's easier to burn it? I don't know.
0: It's, yeah, it sounds like arson to yeah, me. Yeah, that's just but, an interesting
1: line to just sort of throw in there amongst all the other sort of descriptions of... Yeah. What's happening.
0: But he really paints a picture, even though obviously we don't, uh, you and I don't know who any yeah. of those people are, yeah. but he really paints a picture, which I think is quite beautiful, of a, of a, a, a living community.
1: Yeah, a small town, the, the familiarity with all of those individuals. Uh, yeah, it doesn't even, it doesn't feel like a, doesn't feel like an outside observer, it feels like somebody who's just a part of that every day, just kind of, you know, walking outside and looking around and, yeah, there's that thing I'm used to seeing. There's that, you know, that person doing that thing, that other person doing that thing. It it feels very ingrained in this person's self and yeah. you know, what they see and what they do every day. Yeah. And then, meteor shower, completely rocking it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hoping that that pony's okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's what I have for uh, yeah. this episode of From the Attic.
1: Yeah. Is the that, local did history. You
0: pull it from, from upstairs. I've pulled many things from the attic.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: that have some, well, I think, a yeah. lot of value. Yeah.
1: A couple of times I've been up there for stuff I'm always intrigued by. It's like a whole set of mysteries of what's stored up there.
0: Yeah, there are newspapers from the early 1900s. There are um, magazines from that time period. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to sharing some of those yeah. episodes to come.
1: I'm curious for, for myself, what is the sort of official, I don't want to say stance, but with what's up there, what is sort of publicly accessible either by appointment or or freely or is that just kind of like the private archives? The
0: library? no, because they're not really being preserved and and that's sort of a way right. i mean they're just they've been up they were just sort of stored up there and okay. they're they've been gathering dust for a hundred years but <laughs> uh I mean there's a lot of newspapers and yeah. um and and magazines and the, and and some older books um but as far as accessibility, um, yeah, they're certainly accessible. If anyone's interested, I'm happy to. Um, people are often curious about the
1: stairs,
0: the stairs and yeah. going into the yeah. attic. And so um, we take tours. We, we <laughs> offer tours to the attic <laughs> yeah. if you're interested. Yeah, no, I, I'm and, careful. Uh, up there. I would scratch my head and go up. But I could also bring some stuff down, okay. and I'm happy to do that. So, yes, they're completely accessible. All right. and,
1: That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wanted to just touch on briefly a, a couple things. Uh, we're in a new year uh, that always leads to lots of articles around public domain. Uh, and I thought there was a couple of, of things I heard that were hitting the public domain this year that were worth pointing out for anybody who's not familiar. Don't hold me to exactly the definition of public domain, but for all intents and purposes, it means the I, I believe it means the copyright has lapsed. Uh, but only specifically within the US copyright laws for other countries don't adhere to US public domain concepts and laws and all that so uh, but the the one of the first things that I saw was The Jazz Singer which I believe was the, one of the first talkies uh, if not the first uh, is now in the public domain it was a, an Al Jolson film uh, you can if you're familiar with Al Jolson's works uh, you can probably take a guess that this film would not uh, meet any sort of standards of what's considered decent these days, just based on the level of racism that's in the film. Uh, as Al Jolson was notorious for performing in blackface, uh, and this is no no different. Yeah, I don't have much
0: to say about that because I haven't seen that. I, I think I've seen the. F- uh, I, I think I've seen the film, but it's been. Uh, decades ago maybe yeah. in college um and maybe in 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 the context of its being the first um, sound film yeah um certainly there were many performers at that time who were performing in blackface occasionally often always uh i don't i know a little bit about al Jolson. he was at the time one of the most famous entertainers in the country. Yeah. And I don't know how often he uh, performed in blackface, although he certainly did at least for one song during this film. Okay. Um, so I can't speak to the rest of the film, but um, certainly the, the, that performance in the film, I think he sings Swanee maybe. Okay. Um, Uh, would certainly be considered offensive today.
1: Do you know if there's any... um, I I could ask my wife because I know she's a big Neil Diamond fan. Is there any connection between this film that we're talking about, The Jazz Singer, and The Neil Diamond The Jazz
0: Singer? Well, I think the I have not seen the Neil Diamond film. I must confess (laughs) he's, he's not in my list of top 10 favorite actors, but um, um, I I do like a few of his songs. I'm not talking about his his musical ability. I'm talking about his acting ability now. Um, Um, I think it's basically the same story except maybe from a I think he's Jewish or plays a Jewish character so Neil it would Diamond be from, is definitely
1: Jewish. Yeah, so
0: it would yeah. be a Jew from a Jewish perspective yeah. I, I think as opposed to whatever Al Josen was was doing as I say I haven't seen that Al Josen picture in it, decades It I
1: just did a little internet research it's based on the 1925 play of the same name This film is the fourth adaptation of the play, the Neil Diamond film. It's the fourth adaptation of the play after the 1927 and the 1952 theatrical adaptations. The 1927 one being the one that we're referring to this evening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One other film, uh, definitely a, a landmark in this sort of sci fi realm, is Metropolis.
0: Uh, Which I have seen. It's been many years, yeah. but I was really uh, I'm impressed by that film, considering when it was made. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's uh, that's a big one, and that uh, in particular, I was looking into its history. It's the second time it's hit the public domain. Apparently, the copyright lapsed in '55 when the owner just didn't renew uh, the, the copyright registration, and then in '96 there was the uh, sorry uh, the Uruguay rounds. Agreements Act, which brought the copyright back, it, it that act restored protection for foreign films that were still protected by copyright in their source countries, but where it would have lapsed into the public domain in the U.S. due to them not re-registering it or whatever, whatever steps somebody would have to take to keep it copyrighted. So that was sort of a, it sounds like a blanket opportunity to allow those works that were still protected in their home countries to remain protected in the U.S. And then in 98, there was the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. Oh, Sonny uh, I didn't look no. into, I mean, I'm guessing he put it up on the, put it up on the docket. That extended the term of copyright protection uh, for another 20 years, works Copyrighted prior to seventy eight had their terms extended from seventy five years to ninety five years from the date of publication, uh, and all of this always comes up in January because it doesn't matter when something was published, the, the the public domain doesn't kick in until January of the following year. So you get the full calendar year regardless of the anniversary date. So yeah, yeah. So that's officially
0: the fact years. that Sonny Bono was involved is. Uh amusing but uh, yeah I, I don't know why quite but yeah. it, it, it does make yeah. me smile so
1: <laughs> uh one other thing you mentioned while we're on the topic of, of of copyright and it's not sonny bono but uh if anyone's not already familiar if you've watched as many horror sci-fi or thriller films as i have you you may have noticed that uh one film that you'll see in movies fairly often uh is Night of the Living Dead, the George Romero yes zombie film, is often the scary movie people are watching in films because George it, Romero never had the film copywritten or trademarked. Or, there was there was never any protection. It it was a, I believe it was an accident. It was not intentional, and I don't think it was negligence. I think it was like a something wasn't filed the right. I, I don't know, I don't remember the exact reason, but. Yeah. Because of that, that film has been in the public domain since its inception.
0: So this is uh, so they would show clips of this film. I I, I don't watch yeah. a, a lot of horror films and then not many at all. I, I get a little creeped out by yeah. them. But, uh, uh, so if I were watching a horror film, there's, there's every chance that I, m- I might see uh, a clip of yeah. Night of the Living Dead.
1: Or, or even, well, let me rephrase, uh, where I've seen it come up is not that somebody would take a scene or a bit of Night of the Living Dead and insert it into their their film and try to pass it as their own material. It's Understood. sort of uh, I don't know if the term is diegetic. That's usually music. Uh, but if and it doesn't have to be horror movies. It could be a drama or a comedy. But if if characters in the film are supposed to be watching a horror film, that would that's be usually the, the go to, yeah. because they can actually show it rather than having to either find something that they get permission for. Some films will actually produce their own content for that use, but low-budget stuff isn't going to pay to
0: Understood. make something separate. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, if you see – basically, if you see people sitting around a TV or at a drive-in or a movie theater and it's a black-and-white scary movie with zombies, odds are it's going to be Night of the Living Dead
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll look for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then cover my eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I think I did try – just for the record, I think I did – attempt to watch night of the living dead. I I seem to remember people running along a road at dusk. Does that sound like something? It's
1: possible. I've,
0: uh, but uh, i uh, we don't even have to go any further than no. that. i just want to say <laughs> yeah let's just leave it there because it's getting close to my bedtime yeah. so yeah. i don't want to no. take this conversation we'll to bed with me for another okay episode. we we will we will be talking about horror movies again yes. because oh, i've i've got a lot to say and i i think probably you, you do know I will. <laughs> okay so we'll see if you can get turn me into a horror movie fan okay
1: you want to, uh, I know you've got a song you wanted to share. Yeah, speaking the of the
0: public domain. yeah, uh, This is a song that is now in the public domain. Oh, I, I wouldn't even quite call it a song. Well, let's just play it. All right. <coughs> and do you want to say a little bit about it before we play it in terms of uh, who it is and what yeah. it is? Yeah,
1: so the song is Train Time at Pumpkin Center. This was a, uh, a song that was released in... On July 14th of 1919, released on Victor, recording uh, the recording label. And it looks like it was released on a, a 10 inch. Uh, I'm assuming that could have been a. Uh, before vinyl, they were. Whoa. What's the word? Wax? No, no. Lacquer.
0: Um,
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. But- anyway, 10 inch. Uh, the, the performers uh, we had Cal Stewart was the author and the speaker uh, Billy Murray was a tenor vocalist the American Quartet was the vocal group which I can only assume consisted of Billy Murray as a tenor John Young was a tenor Steve Porter was a baritone and Donald Chalmers was the bass vocalist so we'll, uh, we'll give it a listen
2: Well, Josh, I see number six is late, as usual. Yeah, that train never was on time, but once and then it was ten minutes late. I see number one don't stop here anymore. I wonder what's the matter? I don't know exactly, but I did hear the engineer is mad at the agent. Uh, Hank Williams is having quite a time getting that barrel of salt in his wagon. Hank ain't the man he used to be, is he, Josh? No, he never was. <laughs> <laughs> Lies it come Mike and I losing his automobile yesterday. I want to you know, someone tried to steal it. No, it ran away and went down a golfer hole, and he had to carry water all the afternoon to drown it out. <laughs> Well, here she comes. Baggage transfer. Boston Seven. Commercial hall. Boston Seven. Commercial hall. Boston Seven. There's a fellow in the car talking to you, Gus. Are you talking to me, mister? I was talking right at you. You're a bad shot. You missed me a mile. (laughs) What's the population of this town? Principally fruit. Well, uh, I don't mean what do you raise, but how many people live here? Get out and count them. They're all here at train time. (laughs) 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 Josh told it to him that time. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say he did. Have you lived here all your life? No, not yet. (laughs) <laughs> He'll do well, Josh and Josh. <laughs> yes, he don't know he's talking to the old seller what put the Josh in, Josh Anything going on here? No, nothing ever happens here. Only sundown, sun up, and change of the moon. Down in the meadow, the bubbling was singing, singing to his mate, to his mate. Down in Down the meadow, the bubbling was singing, When I first met you, i think We wandered through the field together as we listened to the bubble. Link, link, link. And we found our love would never,
1: never as we
2: listened. Now, Lem, you stop that. Let the boys sing. To the bubble. That singing? The Pumpkin Center Sympathy Quartet. You mean symphony, don't you? No sympathy. They have the sympathy of the whole village when they sing. <laughs> A local quartet? No barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> what business be you in? Chiropractor. I don't mean your politics. What be you doing? Chiropractor? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> What did he say he was doing, Jim? Timey old Packard. Smart feller, I'll bet he sells a lot of it.
0: <laughs> okay, what do you think, Jerry? <laughs> Oh, you want to say, did we say what the name of the... uh...
1: Yeah, yeah, Train Time at Pumpkin Center. (laughs) I don't think I was aware of there being any sort of really comedic, non-musical recordings from that far back.
0: Yeah, there... I think there are, but they would be like recordings of vaudeville acts, which sure. this may be. Okay. I have no idea yeah. where what this is uh, originally. You know where this was originally performed, but yeah, um, yeah it could be from a, a, a vaudeville show. Yeah, uh, it could be from anything. I There's, don't know. There are but... some,
1: some good one-liners <laughs> in there that I will steal. I am a fan. As I grow older and continue to be a dad, of the dad joke. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, lived here your whole life. Not yet. Yeah, yeah that's
0: a famous. Uh, if you look at a book, uh, I have a few on the library shelves. If you look at you, a book you of have old, books here? yes, I nice. do. Uh, um, if you look at a book of old Vermont sayings, mm-hmm. uh, that's—and or and if you go to New Hampshire and look at a book of old New Hampshire sayings, that's going to be a standard uh, response. You've, you've lived here all your life? Not yet. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't seem to be regional. Oh, I don't know where they were—well, it well, sounded like they were— yeah, I don't know if they were in the South or where they were.
1: Well, we we forgot to mention it at the top of that uh, section, but it was recorded in Camden, New Jersey.
0: Oh, okay, so which is not not New too England. far. That's your
1: that's neck of the woods, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm from, from Jersey, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, it, it's it's
0: not monkey pudding face, but you know <laughs> what is but what,
1: what can be, you, know, a, you can only strive, you know. Not, nobody's perfect. There's definitely bits in there. I'm like, I need to listen to this another time or two yeah. to make sure I catch. Well, you can,
0: said. yeah, because I found it on the Library of I Congress website yeah. where they have uh, lots of great stuff. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's great. We uh, we should definitely pull some more of these. In, yeah, uh, in future we episodes, it's enjoyable. And there, yeah, the. It's interesting they don't try to clean up the audio. It's just, here's... Well, that,
0: that's a question for you as a musician. Would that be possible to do something with that? Oh, yeah, as far as you're, you
1: know? There's some that can be done. I, I don't know enough about what the sort of Library of Congress's um, outlook is, but I would imagine their goal is to preserve, in whatever condition, the material they can get their hands on at that point in time. If somebody else wants to take a pass at cleaning it up and possibly affect the integrity of what is there. Sure. But I think for them and say, okay, we got our hands on this. This is how it sounded. That, that's it. We're yeah. going to preserve it and digitize it there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything you do is going to affect, yeah, I'm not going to get into the, the weeds, but yeah, if you if you try to get some of the the, the needle hiss and, and the noise out, mm-hmm. you you really can't do that without affecting the rest of the recording as well. Mm-hmm. So so I guess now we're getting close to the, the wrap up We wanted to talk a little bit about things we want to do in future episodes So something you and I talked about, Tony, was uh,
0: Well, wait, before we get on to oh, the future episodes We
1: have a past uh, episode to talk about?
0: No, not yet <laughs> <laughs> Episode number zero, in case you
1: missed it um, You want to talk about Music Swap? Yeah. That's what I was getting into. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we, we wanted to, um, have an opportunity to expose each other possibly to, and and the audience, I guess, as well, depending on who's listening to songs or bands that you may not normally ever come across. So I came tonight with a a song. We're not going to play it here. You know, speaking of copyright and all that, we're not going to ever play the songs on the podcast. So If you want to participate, you know, now's your chance to listen to what we're going to suggest. And next episode, we'll talk about it. So I'm going to recommend Tony uh, take a listen to a song called the bank of England by a band called enter Shikari and Tony, I'll email you that as well and give you like a link uh, to, to take a listen to it. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it. I don't want to give anything away. Just kind of go in blind and, And on the next episode, we'll talk about it. And again, you know, dear listener, dear uh, audience, you may want to take a listen as well. So you have some context when we talk about it next time.
0: And I'm going to recommend for Jerry a song that I just became aware of. Yeah. Uh, And it's called Without a Song. Okay. And the performance is by Perry Como. Okay. So... That's all I'll say for now, but I'll send you the link. Okay. And we'll talk about that next time.
1: All right. (laughs) That'll be interesting. Yeah. I do encourage you listeners to take take a listen to these songs before the next episode. (laughs) I've tried uh, listening to commentaries for films that I haven't seen yet, and it's uh, sometimes entertaining (laughs) out of context, but... You definitely will miss something if if you haven't actually heard yeah. the songs.
0: And we're only talking about a five minute investment. Yeah. So yeah, it's not
1: very much. Oh uh, yeah. I guess I felt to mention. This is a uh, the song I recommended is a forty five minute. Oh okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for the heads yeah, up. Yeah. cozy up. And <laughs> get in. Uh, yeah. And then there's other stuff we want to do on future episodes, which we obviously couldn't do on this first one because no one's aware of. <laughs> these ideas until now. Uh, we oh, want, we're
0: barely aware of them. At I, this I, point, I, yeah. yeah.
1: These are just fleeting ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, almost <laughs> like a dream. <laughs> uh, but uh, trivia uh, is something that I think would be good, or, or sort of a, a quiz quiz show between the two of us where uh, we'd like you audience members to email us at nightmailpod at gmail.com with just your name and address and we'll toss your name in the hat and then once every couple of episodes or depending on the volume of people that are engaged, maybe every episode we'll come, uh, I don't know, maybe f- we'll, we'll figure out who's going to be the, the quiz master and who's going to be the participant. But, you know, let's say Tony's going to uh, come with with some trivia questions for me. I'll, I'll draw a name out of the hat from the folks who've emailed us and I'll, I'll answer on your behalf and Hopefully I, you know, win five out of, get five out of 10 right or so. And I don't know. Well, what are we going to give them, Tony? Uh,
0: Maybe we'll have some um, Nightmare podcast bookmarks uh, made up. And uh, who knows?
1: Who knows what else will come. Yeah. (laughs) Or just you'll get your name spoken (laughs) on air and yeah. You'll (laughs) have the prestige. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) something to share with your family and friends you
0: can always use another bookmark exactly. it's my philosophy yeah
1: so yeah we'll, we'll do that uh we thought about just bringing some things to the recording that we really enjoy things that we think are worth sharing with you and recommending that you take a look into or read or uh, purchase or if it's a product or just things that that Maybe we don't think you would come across in your day to day, but somehow we're brought to our attention and, and we wanted to share with the general public. We'll probably make sure to have some sort of a, a beverage at the top of the show and, and maybe some local food. There's, you know, we're in Vermont, so there's lots of amazing uh, dairy product and meat products and yeah. all sorts of Edible products in the area that we can uh, we can try out and sort of do an on the air review of. Um,
0: we'll probably be I'll maybe read a little bit uh, from some works that are in the public domain, some mm-hmm. short passages. Um, yeah, and we'll just chat. Uh, perhaps have some f- local folks on to yes. chat to Guests. talk about local issues. To have some local talent on, uh, whatever that may be, music or otherwise. Yeah, visual arts.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Uh, advice. If anybody needs some advice, you can write in and ask us a question. (laughs) We're not doctors. We're not licensed to give you. But we do
0: have opinions.
1: Yeah, we and we can certainly weigh in on our own with our own life experience. Yeah. Uh, and
0: then you can th- please disregard it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You can consider it a waste of your time to have heard it. No responses, and move on with your life. But it'll it'll be fodder for us. Yeah. Nightmailpod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for more to come from uh, the Nightmail Pod. Yeah.
0: Thanks everybody.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: And thank you, Jerry.
1: No, thank you, Tony. We did it.